I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi there. My name is Monica O'Hanlon and you could say I'm a bit of a sticky beak. I just love hearing people's stories because it's true what they say. Everyone's got one. I work at GovFM in northeast Arnhem Land in the NT. It's one of the most remote and unspoilt parts of Australia. Never heard of it? That's okay. But I bet someone you know has. This tiny slice of paradise has a weird way of connecting people. Everyone knows someone who's been here. I guarantee it. If you're someone who isn't familiar with it, here's what you need to know. The Jungle people are the traditional owners of this region. Their vibrant culture dates back more than 40,000 years. The hub, where I live, is called Nullumboy, a town created on the Gove Peninsula after the establishment of the bauxite mine. You're probably asking, what's the purpose of this podcast? I've met so many weird and wonderful people, whether they're from here or just passing through. I want to know how their path led them to this tiny little dot on the map. And it would be my absolute pleasure to share it with you. From the outside, it may seem like Stuart Ewer McGrath has just been sailing through life. He's got that confident, laid-back and positive attitude, which could be interpreted as not having a care in the world. But scratch the surface and you discover a man who has worked incredibly hard to get to where he is today, and I'm not just talking about his career. As a father, he puts his children and their future first, and as a proud Jungle man, he has cultural and family obligations. I spoke with Stuart recently and came out of the interview feeling truly inspired. He's a natural leader and a super nice guy. Take a listen. Here's Stuart Ewart McGrath. I'm a Yorongo man uh, from the Gumaj clan. I grew up in Matamata, spent a little time in Kalwinko and um, Kunyangara as well, Skivich. You were saying before that you spent a bit of time in Darwin as well? Yeah, so I, I went to boarding school in St. John's College. Ah. Yeah, for about three years. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah just to um, further my education. So you're currently working as an Aboriginal health practitioner, aren't you? Yeah, I've been um, qualified, like practicing on the clinic for, this is my second year. I did my um, Cert 4 in Aboriginal around a primary healthcare practice um, in Bachelor Institute. That was like two years. How did you get into the industry? Well, it kind of hit home. As we all know it, we have the worst um, poor health outcomes in the nation. So, yeah, I kind of wanted, wanted to get into it and, you know, do my bit in, in, in a special way where 
I can relay all the health info in Yorongamata, you know, and, yeah. and there's a better understanding. That's the theory anyway, to make steps to closing the gap. Yeah, absolutely. Did you always want to go in that field or was that something that came later in schooling or? Um, no, yeah. I, I, I actually um, did some construction work and stuff, you know, I didn't really, um, I wasn't really interested in it. But it's always in my blood, you know. My mother was a health worker and oh, cool. I used to take along on night shifts and whatnot <laughs> in government course. So I knew all about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you were saying before as well, you're studying at the moment. Yeah. So you're, you're studying to become a nurse? Yeah, I'm doing um Bachelor of Nursing. Yeah, unreal. <clears throat> which is good. I got, I got some credit transfers from the Cert 4, um, about four units. So I got six months off. Oh, so cool. <laughs> it's better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, are you juggling studying with work? Is that? Yeah, pretty much. So I'm, wow. I'm doing external pretty much um, after work. Wow. Doing it independently at home with a laptop. Are you good with organizing <laughs> or are you, like, do you struggle with that? I feel like I wouldn't be able to work and study at the same time. Well, it's my first time doing a degree and first time doing it external. So I did uh, my first unit. Well, apart from those four units that I got. So first unit, I did um, anatomy and physiology. Yeah, wow. External. Um, That's tricky, right? Yeah, it was really hard. Um, but I passed, though. Um, nice. Yeah. Cool. Talk about miracles. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you work hard. You fully earned it. So when when are you going to graduate then, if, if you keep going along how you've been studying? Well, it, initially I was going to do it part-time for the whole duration of the course mm -hmm. um, but that that's going to take me five years yeah <laughs> so I'm going to do it next as we speak next month I'm flying back to CDU Darwin and CDU campus cool um, we'll be studying full-time just will knock one year off and then I'll have one year left to do nice so will you live in Darwin for that period then this year yes yeah and then next year I'll come back and do it external here I'll only have one year left anyway. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. You were saying before as well, when you graduate as a nurse, you're going to be the first first Jungle registered nurse. Yeah. Wow. How does that feel? Well, it's not. It's more of a inspiration, role model sort of thing. Yeah. Um, just to inspire my people to get into health, because uh, just people just. Dying at younger age, you know, young people anyway. So yeah, I, I want to be a role model and uh, perhaps show them that you know you can get into health and um, educate my people. Yeah, totally. And everyone can do it, you know. Do you think, as an Indigenous Australian, it's harder to complete studying? You know, getting that higher education. Um, definitely, I have um, cultural obligations. Like I said, mm -hmm. I I just came back from building a funeral shelter. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I have I've got to juggle work, study, kids. Oh, you're a dad as well. Yeah, I'm a single father. Oh wow. And my cultural obligations, my people need me. Yeah. Um, wherever I can, you know, give them a hand. Um, yeah, it's definitely hard coming from that background. There's family obligations as well I have to meet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just balancing it. And what do you think? Do you think something needs to happen to change it? Like maybe studying becoming more flexible or do you think there's something 
that can happen to make it easier for Indigenous people to, to get that higher education? I don't know. There's there's trial and errors, you know. Yeah. People come here with Cert 2 or in constructions or whatever. They come and go, but there's no sustainability for employment, you know. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's a big question. And I think if it was easy, we'd probably have it sorted, right? Yeah, well, I think you have to, um, you know, on the way to success, I think you're going to make sacrifices sometimes, which which is kind of hard doing it external here, study study load and all that. Yeah. Uh, which is why I'm moving back and just living in the campus and just focusing on study. Yeah. No distractions. So, yeah. Yeah, nice one. What was your childhood like? We might step back a bit. <laughs> we just spoke about what yeah. you're doing now. Uh, but we'll, we'll go back again. Yeah, what was it like growing up? So you you grew up in a few of the different communities around here. Yeah, so I've always been around, like place to place, jumping to place to place. So I spent majority of my time in places like Yuriru, which mm-hmm. is across the bay from Ski Beach, Matamata. Yeah, a couple of outstations. In fact, my first education was in Matamata. Okay. Yeah, my grandma was my teacher and my mum. Oh, wow. Yeah. What was that like? Uh, it's not your typical, you know, early age education. I mean, we kind of learnt like little words, you know, yes, thank you, please. Yeah. yeah. We, we didn't really speak English back then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's not like doing the ABC yeah. Yeah. But did you find it hard? Because I feel like if my mum was my teacher, I would have been an absolute rat bag. <laughs> did you, do you mind having your family teaching you stuff? Yeah, or? no, it was cool. It was, everyone was just, everyone, it's a family school, yeah. 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 Yeah, sick. It was named after my great grandfather as well. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so it's pretty good. Is that because, did your great grandfather establish it or how did? Established our station, yeah. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. And then I did. Then I moved back to Elko Island. I went to Shepherdson College. Okay. Did most of it there. Still didn't speak English though. Yeah. Just like really basic. Um, then after that, I went to my auntie down to Canberra. From Elko to Canberra? Yeah. Whoa. And you didn't speak English before? Nah. You... Wow. <laughs> what was that like? Oh, it was a bit of a culture shock. Yeah, um, I bet. I was the only Yorongo student there. Yeah, so I stayed there, did high school for two years. Yeah, by the time I was 14, I perfected the language English. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's really getting thrown in the deep end from here to Canberra. Yeah. Even just like climate wise. It's Yeah, yeah. Everything was, everything, man. Even at home. Yeah. After, after school was still a. Western society, I guess, yeah, t- you know, totally. different setting. Did you enjoy it? Like, could you see it as like an experience or did you want to come home? Um, no, nah, I just wanted to come home. So yeah, I lasted two years. That's, that's a pretty good effort though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just got homesick and went back. 
had my first job then after after I dropped out um, year 10. I was doing plumber's assistant at oh, Elko yeah. Island. Cool. Um, then I realized I couldn't go anywhere, so I signed up to go to St. John's in Darwin, ah. boarding school. And then you took on, you finished high school at St. John's? Yeah, I finished off year 12. How did you compare Canberra to Darwin? Um, no, nah, it was very, what do you call it? Monocultured. Monocultured. Uh, society. Yeah. Compared to Darwin where it's just like multicultural, you know. Oh, that's interesting because I always kind of thought Canberra, you know, like Melbourne, it's like a... No, it's not like Melbourne. It's not Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. No, it's very monocultured. Okay. So you finished high school in Darwin and then what happened after that? I had kids. <laughs> wow. How old were you? I was 19 when I had my first daughter. <laughs> was that a bit of a shock? No, nah, not actually. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. She was planned or a surprise? <laughs> no, it was planned. Oh, how? So we moved... I, I moved with my family to um, Santa Teresa. Okay. East east of Ellis. It's like 100 Ks. Yeah, it's beautiful there. Yeah, so we lived there. I lived there three three years with, with the kids. I was a teacher's assistant. Oh, cool. At the local school there. Was it just because your family moved to Santa De- Teresa or how did you end up there? I know the kids' mother's from there. Oh, okay. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah, so we lived there. And so you, did you meet the mother um, of at your school. children at school? Yeah. Ah, High so school you, sweetheart. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were in Santa Teresa for a couple of years, three years. Yeah. And then what happened after that? Um, so I decided to move back to Darwin just so the kids could have opportunities and mm-hmm. access um, to the outside world. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, you know, compared to my childhood, I was in bush. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, we moved to Darwin so they could get better education. Yeah. And then you somehow made your way here, back to... Yeah, I'm, I thought I was going to leave East Island, but yeah, keeps yeah. calling me back. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up, was culture always part of your upbringing? Was it always an important part of your life? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would say my, my childhood was semi nomadic mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it was always you know i had my great grandmother's sisters always there um my grandmother's sisters were always there my mother's sisters so yeah women in my life were kind of like the steerers of you know where where my identity was and where where, where you go from here who you are where you're from what you told them is what you believe is you know and hunting as well yeah. Did you hunt a lot growing up? Is that how you got most of your food? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. We'd go hunting. Um, and w- would you say that um, your upbringing was pretty traditional in the when you were living out? Um, oh, yeah. Very, very traditional. There's no Wi-Fis and whatnot back yeah. then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, education, your only education was up in my face all the time because there's no, yeah. no games, video games, yeah. mobile phones. Yeah. Did did you enjoy that? Was that or was it? Did you ever want to rebel against it? Because you know, I guess as a kid, if you have something, then you always want something else. Like, was it well, ever? That's, that's the thing. I didn't know the other side, so yeah, I had nothing right. to compare to it. Yeah. So, really. Yeah. I'm kind of grateful that I had it. Totally. Yeah. Do you use that with bringing up your children now? Do you bring that across to the way you bring? Uh, them I would never want to force it because it's a different time now, but. 
I try and balance it. Yeah. Culture and then technology. Yeah. I try and balance it. And ob- obviously, I can't be forcing it and it'll be the exact same as my childhood. No. <laughs> <laughs> now with internet and stuff, it's yeah, a bit Yeah, it's not harder. the 90s anymore, man. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 28. Are you 28? Me too. So 1990. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty old. Mate, don't say that. Um, <laughs> but you're right, we're getting on. Uh, but you know what? You've got to enjoy it, make the most of it. And by the sounds of it, you've led a pretty incredible life so far. Obviously, much, much more to come. So we've jumped back and forth a little bit in this interview. But I want to quickly go back to you being an Aboriginal health practitioner. I forgot to ask a question. What's your favourite part? Um, I don't know. I... I guess, I guess there's um, there've been a they've been a trust that's been broken in the, within the health system, mm-hmm. um, where I, I'm not just a clinician, I'm also an advocate. You know, I help interpret, translate language, you know, and empower my patients. Where you know you're in charge of your body, you make decisions for yourself. Yeah, I explain the procedures, what medications. And then I leave it to them to make the decisions. Wow. Yeah. And it's educating them as well. Yeah. In um, Yorumata. So, yeah, just the giving them that power. It's this, you know, they're Australian citizens as well. You can't just go guns blazing and he's that, you have to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty um, powerful position that you're in. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is why I wanted to do the higher education, get a degree and um, maybe perhaps get into policy change. Yeah, wow. Yeah, there's a lot of people making decisions, <coughs> Aboriginal people that that live in, in a urban setting. Yeah. And they make decisions for people like us that are in the remote, but they haven't lived a life in the remote. Yeah. Yeah, so which is why I want to get into policy change. No, not not tomorrow, but this is 10, 15 years' time. Yeah, and that was actually going to be my next question. What do you hope to see in the future or what are your kind of goals or dreams in the next, I don't know, five to ten years? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> get into policy change, you know, whatever, sit on panels because that's the only way to break it. Yeah. Is instead of them making decisions for us, get on their platform and then make decisions because only only you would know if you cause how would you know if you haven't lived the life in remote yeah and then be making shots calling the shots i mean totally yeah so that's why i want to get involved that's awesome Stuart. good on you for any uh young kids out there that could be listening to this what do you have to say to them about like where you've come and how you're going with your study and stuff yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't think I could do it. But yeah, I'm actually doing it. I've, I've passed my unit. I'm gonna do it full time in in next month. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I never pictured this. What was the thing, the turning point for you? Um, stuck in the cycle of poverty for 15 years. Will you know what do you do if you lock a lion in a cage? It gets hungry, right? Yeah. So that's what that's what drove me. I. I got hungry for success. Yeah, no. Yeah. But dreams, that's what got me there. A, a kid's dreams, it's quite powerful, man. 
dreaming is luxurious, you know. So yeah, absolutely. That's that's what got me there. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I think it would be naive of me to say, if I can do it, you can do it. Because it took me a long time to break the cycle of poverty. Yeah. But if you keep your dreams as luxurious, man, it'll get you where you want to be. And just keep up to it. Um, and just plan ahead. Plan ahead where be prepared for obstacles. Mm -hmm. So when you get hit, you don't get knocked down and then lost, lose your ambitions and dreams. Yeah. So yeah, just plan ahead and just look at your pathway. What if, what if, what, what obstacles going to hit you along the way and just be prepared for it. So when it happens, you know how to cope with it on your, on your journey to success. Well, hey, Stuart, thank you so much for coming in and you've got an incredible story. I can't wait to see what you do in the future. No worries. Thank you. <laughs> that was the fourth episode of Northeast Arnhem Land with Mon. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, guys, it is a weekly podcast, so if you did like it, I would love it if you could hit subscribe. Also, if you know of anyone who'd be interested in coming in for a chat, all our contact details are in the show notes, so please get in touch. As always, a huge shout-out to Gove FM. Without this radio station, this podcast wouldn't be possible. And, of course, thank you for hanging out. I'm Monica O'Hanlon. I'll see you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.